Robins at the Gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. With Who Knows Wins, this is not betting as you know it. Put your money where your mates are. Playing is easy. Make your predictions on the outcomes of your chosen fixtures. For every result you predict correctly, you get a point in your league. At the end of the competition, whoever's got the most points wins and proves their top dog. Choose your own entry fee, however substantial or small, and split the winner's pot as you see fit. Who Knows Wins. Download the app now and start playing. Welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen, and as ever, Gregor McGregor, who's been putting in the miles. I'll tell you what, I don't think he's ever had such a busy period between September and Christmas. We are here to discuss Bristol City, of course, and a really disappointing result up at Preston. Such a bogey side, it feels. Also today, uh, we're going to be talking about that performance. Are they a bogey team? The injuries, new injuries to big players, Jada Silva, Chris Brent. Why is this happening? every season. Boxing Day, will there really be 2,000 fans at Ashton Gate? Is that a must-win game? And will Dean Holden be given Monday, uh, money in January? And we're starting to see some managers under pressure as well, including Ivic, who's gone from Watford this weekend. But we will try and end on a happier note. So, Gregor, we just got to get through all of that first. Um, it does feel like we're coming on being a bit negative, but if you're not getting results and you're not putting in the performance, then what what other analysis can we give? And we're both fans of Dean Holden. We think he's a straight shooter. We think he's someone that, that could do quite well with Bristol City. And I'm trying to weigh it up in, to be fair, you know, lots of injuries. But that said, he knows he's got lots of injuries. And the game plan seemed a little bit stagnant, didn't it, on Friday evening? You were there. Tell us what you thought. Yeah, I just thought the first half was so flat and so poor. They allowed... Preston to get onto the front foot a little bit more than you would have liked. And Preston, let's not forget, we're on a pretty bad run of home form. And yeah. we've seen this consistently over the last few weeks that teams have been on bad, yeah, have had a few bad results, but then they've played Bristol City and managed to turn it around. So, yeah, it's a horrible pattern that's developing. And we all know that Preston have had good results for a long time now. I think it's 15 games now without a win against them. And it started so slowly, and and once they went ahead, I'll be honest, I really didn't think Bristol City would get back into it. I know they pushed and improved in the second half. They, yeah, I just never felt that they had that real conviction to to get into the game, and that was a bad performance. And as you say, there, it, it probably coincides with all their best players. Well, a lot of their, not all, a lot of their best players being injured at the moment. But there are still a few question marks of Dean Holden at the moment. I think generally, generally he is doing a good job. But yeah, we'll, we'll come on to we'll come on to that. I'm sure mm. it, it wasn't a penalty, was it? He did dive, in my opinion. Maybe he nicked him. But to react like that from Scott Sinclair, if we had VAR, which actually personally I don't really want in its current form in the Championship, would that have been given? Yeah, spot on. If we had VAR, no, it wouldn't. I, I when I first saw it, I thought it was a penalty. But then on replay, you can just see he gets that little nick, doesn't he, of the ball. And a little bit surprised that referee Eltringham didn't sort of look at the direction the ball ran away. And it, that kind of showed then that uh, Moore had got the slightest of touches to it. But you're right, not not a penalty. And But these decisions go against you away from home, don't they? And I don't think the referee had a very good game overall because I thought he should have given that second yellow to Darnell Fisher as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Taylor Moore, though, it does feel a bit harsh then to criticise him if we don't think it's a penalty. But I'm sorry to say that I feel like he is prone to errors, Gregor. 
Yeah, a little bit. It was, I mean, ultimately, it's a clumsy tackle. And even if he has won the ball there, he's given the opportunity for the referee to award a penalty. So you can argue that that's naive. And we've seen a few mistakes from Taylor Moore over, over the last couple of seasons. I'm thinking back to last year against Middlesbrough when he sort of played the ball backwards and, and Asomba Longa ended up scoring mm-hmm. in the home game. And there were, there's a couple of others, I'm sure. But I don't like it when he plays on the left side of the back three. I don't think that's the best role for him. I think he's done pretty well in the centre. Is he... He is pretty progressive with his passing. He's one of the, the yeah, guys... Yeah, he likes to step out with it. I, I, yeah, I, I like seeing him step out with it. I do. I just almost wonder, this is a, maybe a little bit radical, some might say, but is he more of a CDM than a centre-back, potentially? Do you think anyone can see that in him? Yeah, I, I think that's a good shout. I'd like to see him given a try there because they have missed that kind of sort of person to maybe mop up in front of the, of the back for... Obviously, Backinson's done pretty well, but... Yeah, no, I, I think that is, is, a, is a good idea. I think he could be worth trying there, or at least playing regularly there to then move back a little bit further on in a, in a season or two. So, <laughs> There's, there's yeah. so many injuries, you know, why yeah. not at the moment? Yeah. Uh, that does bring us on to the, to the injuries. I feel, and maybe it's because we scrutinise Bristol City and we watch them a lot and we cover them and we report on them, I just feel they get so many injuries. I feel it happens every season. The last three or four seasons, it's, it's what we talk about. And it's always this time of year. We've talked about the training. We don't think it's the training. But how could it just be such bad luck, Gregor? Like, how can this happen every season? Or is it that we notice even more because the squad depth just isn't there? Yeah, I- First of all, I mean, every club has got injury problems and I was looking at sort of the table of championship injuries earlier and Bristol City are not alone in having massive problems. One of the teams that have really suffered actually has been Norwich City and yet they're at the top of the championship. But they've got better depth, although they've had some youngsters playing. Arguably, they've kept hold of, of some of their best players and, and they've got better better depth, haven't they? And And... I suppose you could say that's because they can afford to carry on paying the big wages. They've got the parachute payments as well. Is that indicative of where the two teams are in terms of finances as well? I know Bristol City are run very well, but but when you look at the Brist- uh, the Norwich team, you know I thought Max Aarons was going to go in summer. They kept hold of him. Bondier is a classy player for the championship. Cantwell's brilliant. Of course, Pookie is perfect for this level, isn't he? And then you've got players like Hugo coming off the bench and, and Dow. They've got a very good squad comparatively, wouldn't you say? They have. Like you said, though, they do sort of pride themselves on bringing through young talent from their yeah. academy. And likewise, Bristol City are trying to do that. So I, th- I think City's squad does kind of run deep as well. But into into young players who are inexperienced and the other thing is that if you have all your injuries in certain positions or you lose players of certain attributes then that can affect you more than, than another club where they've maybe got more injuries I think this is what we're seeing with Bristol City at the moment because the problem has been the lack of goals recently it's now just one goal in the last five games it's terrible that is, that's, that is yeah. an awful stat like let's, we can't just gloss over that. I mean, one goal in five games, it's, it's dreadful. And that partnership of Wells and, and Martin that fired for the first five games has dried up. Yeah, and I mean, it's now five defeats in the last seven league games. So they are on a bad run. 
when we asked Dean Holden after the game, he admitted that he called it a sticky patch that they're going through and he recognises that they've got a snap out of it, is what he said. And yeah, when I look through the team selection and, and the side that was playing at Preston, mm. I didn't see where they were going to get goals from because unless, unless they can create more chances for Mar- Martin and Wells, I don't think their midfield has got goal, goals at the moment. I mean, O'Dowd, I was looking at his stats earlier, he's got one goal in the last 43 appearances, so that's really one a season. Nadge got one last season, he's got one this season, so you're kind of looking at yeah, one goal each from those. The same goal is yet to score. Backinson's got one this season, okay. I think he got two when he was at Plymouth in half a season. But mm. yeah, you, you, basically you're struggling for goals. Jack Hunt's got two. He's probably the top scorer in the team after <laughs> Naki Wells at the He's moment. Fullback, Ma- ridiculous. Yeah, Martin's only got one. I know Tommy Rowe scored a, a couple last season, but. And, and he's got one this year, but but really you're looking at guys who are averaging one a season on <sighs> for the most part. So not good. Yeah, basically, yeah. There's not enough goal scorers. There's twenty not goals, Gregor. Twenty goals this season. You know, there's they're one of the lowest scoring in 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 the championship in the top half. There are teams below them who have scored very very few, um, including Wickham, who we're going to come on to later. Who they've got to yeah, be. Since but in the top half, you look at the goals around them, you know, they're still in the top half of the table and they're almost quite drastically lower than, than everyone else, apart from Swansea, which is quite a surprise. Watford haven't scored that many. But then you've got teams like Bournemouth that scored 35 goals. It's such a golf, isn't it? That's 15 goals more. Yeah, since the last international break, they've scored five goals and oh, gosh. nobody in the championship has scored fewer than that. That's the, that's the least, equal least in so the division. We, so. Uh, are we saying that in, in January, even though they forked out on Narky Wells recently in, in the grand scheme of things, do they need to buy a striker? I'm or, not sure. Or but, do they yeah. need to buy a creative midfielder? Yeah, I think there's a little bit I think there's a little bit in both of that both of those items. Basically I think they're short of creative players at the moment and this is sort of going back to the injury crisis that they've lost Jamie Patterson, who, by the way, there was a great stat I read online from the BAS3 talk guys who said that he's scored the most goals in the last year, calendar year, for Bristol really? City. So he's come out. He's also one of their most creative players as well. Andy Byman, he's, he's good yeah. for at least 10, 10 goals a season more. So you take those guys out, yes, we're, we're missing them. And you'd probably be looking at Joe Williams and Liam Walsh, who, who both can attack and, and provide on that side. So, yeah, missing those guys. And then, yeah, after that, as we say, you're really down to the third choice positions. And I think Bristol City are really feeling that at the moment because they're just not creating the chances. They're not not being able to take them. Semenyo still looking for his first league goal. I thought he was really great when he came off the bench on Friday night. But we do need to see him hit the back of the net, or at the very least, <laughs> yeah, yeah hit, hit, get, get shots on target. Mm. It's, um, it's a really difficult situation. Do you think Dean Holden will be given any money, though, to spend in January? Well, I, I'm not too sure about that, to be honest. When I asked Holden the other day about January plans, he said they were open to everything. So I think if the right opportunity came along, I think they would do something. However, I think probably the big thing is, we sort of mentioned this last podcast, is that we're hearing that they're going to recall Casey Palmer. And I'm pretty sure that's going to go... He's not a feature at Swansea at all, because I was there yesterday and he's just on the bench. He didn't even come on. 
Yeah, and he's only made two starts for the Swans, and also the Swans have got Morgan Gibbs White to come back, and he he was like um, a chief creative player for for them before he got mm-hmm. injured, and they also I think the Swans actually want to bring in a striker themselves, and they probably want to free up a loan space. So yeah. I think it makes sense all around for Palmer to come back and he has got the attributes that Bristol City needs. He was looking at his stats and he's played around 400 minutes or something this season coming off the bench a lot uh, but he's still right up there in terms of being able to beat a man and, and uh, have a creative pass and those are the, the sort of skills that Bristol City are in short supply of. So bring him back, that will help. Bring back, hopefully Patterson will be back Hopefully Walsh will be back. And yeah, they should have the creativity then. But as as you say, I think they could do with another goal scorer, but not necessarily a central guy, a, a wide player. Because if you're going to play 4-3-3, I don't think they can rely on the likes of Semenyo just yet. He, don't get me wrong, he needs to play, but he's not, he's not scored this season. So maybe they could bring in someone else who's going to have more of an impact. Yeah, but the crosses they put in, so many. It was so frustrating to watch on Friday. They couldn't, half the time, they couldn't pass the first man. And then when they did, there was just nothing there. Um, let's move on to Boxing Day. Do you think there's going to be 2,000 fans there? Because ugh, I'm very confused about everything. And I don't want to get into it too deeply. We all know everything's quite confusing. And the best place to look, I suppose, is on the government website for some clarity. But we are still in Tier 2, okay? So... If it's not reviewed, I think it's been reviewed on Tuesday, fans can go, right? That's that's still the same. Nothing's changed despite this sort of drastic situation in the southeast. Despite that, there could be 2,000 fans at Ashton Gate on Boxing Day. Yeah, and I, I've seen so many fans. Well, I've seen a lot of fans saying, yes, brilliant. I'm, I'm going to be back there and I'll be supporting the team. And that's fantastic. hope they are. And obviously, it's been so long, nine months also, without fans, it's brilliant to have them back and mm. it'll be great to see them in there. And I've also seen, and I always love the dry humour of the fans, and I've seen so many people saying, well, it's just typical that Bristol City are playing so badly at the moment and finally we can go back. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think it was summed up that somebody said, I'd like to go into the ballot. If, you, if you're lucky, you get one ticket. If you're unlucky, you get two tickets. <laughs> because <laughs> Bristol City are playing not their best stuff at Ashton Gate at the moment. But, but yeah. Hopefully they. Well, I expect it to be full of the two thousand. I think I think it'll be all right to get all those in. And well, there's and another. I, I'm. Re- I don't know when the next tier review is because they keep changing everything. So what's going to be on the thirtieth of December? So I mean, obviously the Boxing Day is before the thirtieth. So as it stands, we are recording on the twentieth of December. We will expect to see fans at Ashton Gate for the first time. It's it, and and it just does it. To you, Gregor, does it not feel a bit weird, though, like that the rest of the, you know, well, not the rest of the country, but some of the country in the southeast, like, can't do anything, and then literally an hour and a half up the road, there's 2,000 fans going into Ashton Gate. It just feels, to me, and it's, it's just bizarre, a personal opinion, it? it feels weird. And, and I'm so happy to have the fans back, but now all of a sudden you're questioning, oh, is that the right thing to be doing and I suspect there's even people listening that will be going on Boxing Day and thinking, oh, am I doing the right thing here? But from what we understand, they've made it as COVID safe as, as they can. Do we know where they're sitting yet? No, I, I haven't heard anything on that. I wonder if they'll be all spaced out around the ground, maybe sort of 500 per stand or, or what. Obviously, Ashton Gate Stadium have already said that they've got a plan in place for getting everybody in. Um, they released details in the name of tickets on, on the Friday. I was a little yeah, bit there surprised. Was some, yeah, there was, some, there was some discussion over that. Go on, I think you're going to come on to that. 
Yeah, just a little bit surprised that they've had six months or so to, to decide how they were going to um, hand out tickets and the mechanism for it and the announcement for it. And yet they then sort of, I wouldn't say sort of mashed it up a little bit, but it was just a little bit untidy. And it wasn't straightforward, was going it? It's going to be released at 12, and then by sort of 10 past one, it still, it still hasn't been released mm. details-wise. So, but, yeah, they have got a plan in place, and hopefully that runs a bit smoother on Boxing Day. And yeah, the only other thing is, if you're a Bristol City fan, but you're in... South Gloucestershire, South Gloucestershire. Or, or anywhere that's tier three, you can't come, which is rubbish. You can't and, go, which is yeah. Yeah, odd. Yeah, and, and we're obviously gutted. And there's so many Bristol City fans outside of Bristol in tier three that, that won't be able to come. Although South Gloucestershire is... Some of it is basically Bristol. It's all so confusing. Um, we just hope that 2021, we, these, these conversations are a thing of the past. But sadly, I think for the next couple of months, they won't be. Okay, so let's hope there's 2,000 fans there safely on Boxing Day. What are they going to say? What are they going to see, Gregor? Because like you just said, they're coming back when the team are playing, let's be blunt, pretty badly. Uh, it's a must win, isn't it, V Wickham? I mean, you look at Wickham's position in the table. And they have picked up points, to be fair to them, here and there. Despite that, they are bottom at the time of recording. Bottom for Christmas, pretty much where many would have expected them to be. They're on 12 points, level with Sheffield Wednesday, who have had that six-point deduction. They are now four points from safety. Um, Gareth Ainsworth, I think, is, is a real character. They lost to Bournemouth. Uh, on Tuesday, and they drew with QPR yesterday. They had, like I said, they have picked up some some surprising points at at points, but uh, including one against Brentford. But come on, Wickham, bottom of the table at home. If they don't beat them, as much as I hate to say it, is Dean Holden starting to be under a bit of pressure there, or is he already under a bit of pressure going into this one? I I don't think he's under pressure just yet. But I kind of agree with you. I do think he needs a result on on Boxing Day for sure. I mean, Wickham have only won two games, I think, and it doesn't bear thinking about if they could if they could get a result here. And yeah, with the home crowd there, it would be yeah. It might not be the best atmosphere we've seen it before. Turn toxic at Ashton Gate. So yeah, let's hope that he can get a result, and that will make sure that everybody's on his side, and and hopefully have a a good return for the fans in BS3. But the other thing is, I just I just think Wickham are just a sort of maybe opposition you don't really want to play in a way because they've got nothing to lose. They'll be well-drilled. They'll be so defensively sound, be awkward to play on set pieces and things like mm. that. With obviously the likes of Akin Fenwell, that's going to be a heck of a battle. Yeah, it's going to be a big battle, yeah. I mean, he's such a presence. It's, it's so difficult for any team playing against them, let alone if they're in a bad run of form. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, on Holden, I think it's a little bit too early to judge him because of the, all the injuries. And Bristol City were in really good form when they had a full strength side out. We are expecting those guys to, to come back and, and be involved again from January. So, but you're right, if, if, he, if he was to lose this, then definitely there'll be loud shouts um, about, about Dean. And I do think there are, there are a few questions for him to answer. I, I just can't understand why he hasn't played Jeju more often because he was the top scorer for the last couple of years. We've said this before. He's come off the bench in two of the last three, four home games, doesn't he, to, to mm. win the game against Derby and then against Blackburn. So he deserves a shot in the side. I, I want to see that um, happen. And yeah, I, I just 
I just can't understand why he hasn't played him a little bit more often. And maybe yeah. some of his team selections have been a little bit too safety first. The likes of Tommy Rowe playing on the left. He when, trusts Tommy Rowe they, a lot, doesn't he? But it's not he really did, flair, is it? He doesn't give enough going forward. His yeah. passing completion rate is just so poor. It's just 48% against Oof, Preston. So less less than bad. half of his passes went to yeah went to um, one of his teammates. So, yeah, um, questions to be answered. And hopefully he can do that on Boxing Day. Yeah, Vladimir Ivic has gone from Watford last night. If you look at Watford's position in the table, you'd be thinking, what on earth? But then again, it's Watford. They like to have as many managers a season as possible. They're on 34 points, which is actually nine points up off Norwich. They're in fifth, though, in the championship table. However, apparently he had a bust-up with Troy Deeney. That's what's been reported. And the performances, if you watch Watford this season, they've, they've not been particularly thrilling. Now, it's that time of year, isn't it, when the managerial merry-go-round starts, Gregor. After Wickham, Bristol City play Luton away. Um, again, they've got to be, I know Luton are on the table, but he's got to be looking to get a couple of results from this team, Holden, because after that, they've got Brentford. So desperately need, need something, don't they, out of these games? They do. I, I wonder if they might get anybody back from their long-term injured up. The one, I, the only one I can really think of is possibly Nathan Baker returning because at the beginning of December he was back on the graph. And we asked you to speak to Dean Holden sort of midweek ahead of the Wickham game where he'll, he'll give updates on that. And he's probably the one that might be closest to returning because I do think they need that sort of shot in the arm from somebody coming in that, mm. and boosting the squads or. Or maybe they could get something done in January transfer-wise because you're right, it doesn't bear thinking about if they if they were to yeah lose against Wickham or just draw and then lose away at Luton and then we, we all know what it's going to be like. The knives will be out for, for um, Dean, if not Mark Ashton as well. And uh, yeah, big, big couple of games ahead for Bristol City. Yeah, and we know about long-term injuries as well, just to add to the big pile. Uh, Jada Silva, we think he's out for a while. We suspected it last week, and Chris Brunt too. It's just more more bad news, isn't it, for Dean Holden? Yeah, on Jada Silva, I I think last time on the pod we said, didn't we, that we were waiting for a statement from the club, and that came out at the end of the week, confirming he needs surgery. The bad thing there is that it's a similar situation to the shin complaint that he had last season, and that kept him out for four months then. So we are probably looking at months out, unfortunately, again, maybe not as long as that, but I certainly wouldn't expect him back um, for sort of maybe before March. Mm. And likewise, Chris Brunt, they haven't put a timescale on Brunt, but they did confirm that it was a significant injury. But our understanding is that he's going to be out for three months as well. So those guys are going to be out for a fair while. And um, yeah. But they've got to got to find solutions to, to that and, and plug the gaps. Absolutely. And and when we finish a podcast, I don't want it all to be negative. So what we're trying to look at is is some better news in what has been a, a torrid year for everyone and what people want and what Dean Holden said to us at the start of the season is he just wants to put smiles on faces. But the thing is, when your team aren't doing very well, mm. it's hard to smile and the frustrations are understandable. But we did see a couple of positives recently in terms of the, the youngsters on the bench, you know, Zach Smith, Riley Towler, Sam Bell, and also Opie Edwards, all on the bench lately. And coming through the academy, Sam Pearson is another youngster involved. Is that, is that a great thing? I mean, it's, it's a lot of inexperience on the bench, but if you're a young lad, this is a dream. 
Yeah, it, it shows how much the squad is stretched, first of all, but it will bear, it, it will show, well, it will be a good factor in the long term um, because the, the exposure these guys are getting, the experience of being involved, that should rub off on them, especially if they take good stuff from the likes of Callas and Viano and the, the, the good professionals in the, in, the, in the senior side. And yeah, it is great that they are involved. We've seen quite a few of them involve, um, come off the bench at times this season. We? Sam Bell came off recently. Opie Edwards has, has been involved a little bit. And yeah, as you say, Sam Pearson, who, who actually was on the bench, I think, a year ago for, for the game against Huddersfield in the FA Cup. So he's he's been in and out. And they do always have talent coming through the academy. So that is great to see. And you combine that with Backinson and Semenya, who've been two of their best performers this season and are only going to get better and better. I, I always think it's worth remembering on Semenya that he's only 20 years old, which mm. is which is pretty incredible. Backinson is 22, um, but Semenya is 20. And those guys, as I say, they'll, they'll improve. Um, just on Backinson, I had a question for you. Do you. Would you count him as, a, as an academy sort of um, success? Because he arrived from Luton in 2017, and he's been a really good buy for the club uh, as, a, as a young player. He came when he was 18. And I was discussing this with someone, but does, does he actually count as an academy success? Because... Uh, he wasn't there for his formative years, but then on yeah. the other hand, I suppose he has been playing for the under-23s before he played for the senior side. So. Yeah, so he came in 2016, which would have made him 18 when he joined. I don't know if I'd count that as an academy success, you see. That's difficult, isn't it? How far back do you go to count it for the academy? Because is it like your really formative years from a kid like your Joe Bryans and your Bobby Reeds coming through all the age groups? Or is it someone that's played for the... The 23s. I think that's really tricky because uh, he, he was at Luton Town really young, wasn't he? And he went through their mm. youth system. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he signed a professional contract at Luton. So I wouldn't call, I don't know if I, I can see why people do call him an academy mm. product, but I wouldn't because he went through the academy at Luton really. There's, and a, then, there's a bit of a stretch. A bit of a stretch, yeah. Yeah. And, and he's actually spent a lot of time out on loan, hasn't he, since being at Bristol City anyway, Newport than, than Argyle. But it's, it is credit to the 23s, how they can nurture players, isn't it? So that's, yeah. that's something it's, it's, from it. It's nitpicking, but, it, it, but also, yeah, it shows the good work that they've done with Backinson. I identified him early and they brought him in and he's been a success. I just want to see Backinson just be a bit more adventurous again like it was at the start of the season. I feel like he's going sideways with so many passes where we know he can play some lovely balls and we need him to step up and do that because Jim Patterson isn't in the team at the moment because he's injured. So he's the sort of player that Dean Holder needs to be in his ear stepping up and, and being brave. We want to see some bravery, don't we? I think that's what's missing. So hopefully against Wickham, we shall see that, Gregor. Fingers crossed. Um, I was all being well. I shall see you on Boxing Day. And all being well, hopefully we'll see lots of fans there too. Thanks as always, Gregor. We're also looking for a new podcast partner in the new year. So if you'd like to get in touch with us, just find us on Twitter. And you find me on my Twitter account, which is Michelle Owen7, or the podcast Twitter is Robbins at the gate. Uh, you can be a big partner, a small partner, whatever you fancy, but it's an opportunity for you to advertise your business to all of our listeners. Uh, thanks for listening. A very Merry Christmas. It's not the one we wanted. It's not been the year we wanted, let's be honest, but we'll be back after Boxing Day and after the Luton game to review them. Robbins at the gate. With who knows wins. This is not betting as you know it. Download the app now and start playing. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts.